0: Welcome to the Back Row Texan Show. Brought to you by the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Branson Thomas, talking all things Houston Texans football. Here we go. Welcome back, Texans fans, to another episode of the Back Row Texans Show. Glad to be out here, you know, camp is is underway, padded practices are going strong, it's feeling more and more like football is is going to be here before you know it. You know, we're three weeks away from opening game, uh, September 10th that Thursday versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and a lot of things, you know, have been going on uh, with the NFL, with your Texans. So let's kind of jump right in. This is going to be a shorter episode this week. Basically just going to kind of go over some news and stuff that's been going on lately. So to start things off, I know many of you were really wanting Everson Griffin to come join the Texans, and that is not possible anymore as he has now signed with the Dallas Cowboys, Cowgirls, whatever you want to call them, you know, our, our older brother up north, He's gone there to go help them, which they just lost uh, Gerald McCoy to a season-ending injury and then cut him. So, you know, they could use all the help they can get on the line. So, for stuff going on around the league and your football, the NFL has had talks of possibly having a playoff bubble. You know, they see the success of the NBA, the success of the NHL, and their lack of positive tests and interruptions uh, while players are all in the bubble. NFL execs have said they're holding nothing back. You know, nothing is out of reach for playoffs or even regular season, but they've only basically been talking about playoffs up to this point. You know, and, and now that there are 14 teams uh, in the playoffs, each each one has that extra seventh spot, you know, what what would that look like? And they've talked about it would need to be in a warm weather stadium or a dome um, to limit, you know, weather issues and postponements. Because you know that time of the year, you're not going to have it. The bubble in Green Bay, you're you're just not. It's too cold. No roof. Nothing. Um, if you are going up north, maybe U.S. Bank Stadium here in Minnesota, that would actually be a pretty good spot. You know, the Saints have had a soft bubble. You know, they call it, um, for training camp, they have a hotel right by the field there that is exclusively for their team players and staff. I mean, it's not mandatory. I believe like two-thirds of their team is in there, and they don't have to stay. If they need to go home and see their families, they're more than welcome to. It just kind of helps eliminate some of the possibilities of them getting the virus and spreading it. Uh, Sean Payton said, you know, something along the lines of, well, we've only had three. We've been lucky up to this point. We've only had three test positive since the start of camps. But as soon as you let off a little bit, it jumps up to eight. So you never know. So th- they're talking about being safe. You know, with him him saying that he feels lucky they've only had three, well, then I really feel lucky that we've only had one case. That was before Camp even started. That was early on in the offseason. He's done and healed. So we, you know, knock on wood. But, you know, we're sitting sitting okay right now. So, you know, that would be something interesting uh to see what they do if they are gonna do a playoff bubble, maybe. The NFL has also decided to limit. Who is on the sidelines? So, they're trying to limit the exposure to the virus and limit, uh, you know, too many people being in the one place at one time. So, they're going to ban cheerleaders, flag runners, mascots. Uh, so, yes, Toro and all his fun, crazy antics we all love are uh, not going to be happening this season. They're also banning tv and radio reporters your sideline reporters and there's going to be no fans or guests you know a lot of teams will let a few fans or players have guests that they let on pre-game and during game just to kind of see that up-close action well none of that is going to happen anymore or at least this year as well as any non-essential team employees or league staff they will not be on the sidelines either however the games still have to be televised, especially since they're not allowing fans in currently in a lot of places. So your broadcast networks, they'll still be able to have you know, their employees. I believe it's like up to 46 employees on there. Well, that's limiting them from what they had before. And I guess I didn't realize how many employees they had before just to you know, give us what we watch on TV, so that kind of surprised me that they're limiting them to 46. I thought that was still a high number. Um, and finally, you know, each team, they will be able to distinguish two uh, employees for field level as club media personnel, you know, the ones who are going to do your Twitters, your Instagrams, you know, things of that nature. So, only two of them per team will be allowed on the sidelines. So, and like I was saying, with some teams not having any fans, well, your Kansas City Chiefs are our, our home opener. Uh, they're going to do, I believe, 22% capacity. So, it's in between 16 and 17,000 fans. So, how much that actually is going to end up affecting anything, I don't know. You know, normally I want to say it's around 76,000 at full capacity. And when it's full, it's loud. It's one of your loudest stadiums out there. But 22%, you know, 16,000, 17,000 fans. Hopefully that's not, you know, not a good home field advantage. Obviously it's less than what it was last year. And we did go there last year and we did beat them in the regular season. So we know how to do it. So hopefully that doesn't affect us at all. And as for our home opener, we are not going to have any fans. They've already come out and said the game against Baltimore there's not going to be any fans, but that doesn't have to stop you from being there. They have taken a page right out of uh, the MLB, you know, their fellow Astros, and and they're going to do the cardboard cutouts. Um, it's going to cost you seventy five dollars. Uh, and all the proceeds there are going towards your Houston Texans uh, foundation. You know, it'll be opened up to season ticket holders, and then everybody else will get their shot starting August 24th. But you get your cardboard cut out. You know, same rules apply um, as the MLB and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's a fun a fun thing to be. You know, you can say, hey, I was there. Then I'm sure they'll take a big photo that you can tag yourself in like the they do with all those things. But you get your cardboard cut out there. You can hold a sign. You can you can do a lot of things. Um, you cannot wear other people's, other team's gear. Uh, it has to be strictly Houston Texans. That is one of the rules. Um, and nothing. No profanity. No, no promoting of your business or anything of that nature. They are, however, going to be saving the first row all the way around for... Cutouts of Houston's first responders and the frontline heroes from the pandemic, um, and that's going to be provided to them at no cost. So that is a really cool uh, thing that they're doing, and and I'm all for it, and and showing you know, showing the the respect that those guys absolutely deserve. So that kind of wraps up what's happened around the NFL and outside of your texans organization so a couple things to note for your houston texans we reworked angelo blackson's deal you know he was set to make four million dollars this year uh defensive tackle Um, and we are now saving 1.5 million on the cap by reducing his uh, salary down to 2.5 million Uh, and i I'll be honest, I haven't looked completely into the details of it as to why. I would assume he's getting something in return from it. Maybe it's more incentive-based um, or more guaranteed, because otherwise I don't know why you would just say, yeah, sure, I'd give up a million and a half dollars. I'll have to look into that more. Um, we also signed P.J. Hall, defensive tackle, uh, who came from Oakland, and if you might have heard earlier in the season, was going to be cut. Trade ended up being traded to the Vikings but failed his physical and then was waived later that day by Oakland. So we picked him up he he passed his physical with us. Um, you know he's somebody he can he can help generate that inside pressure. He does really well attacking the run. Um, he was a second round pick and he's a local boy you know he's from the Houston area. went to school here. so hopefully, yeah, you know that that sinks in you know i'm 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 back home i need to actually work hard get into shape and and stay with it cuz if he's in shape he's a force to be reckoned with and would gladly i would gladly accept him on this line as a rotational piece you know to go to go on with this front seven he could really help us out duke four edge rusher i've been praising been looking forward for him, to him uh, coming out on the field, tearing it up. You know, he, he was hurt last year, um, but his rookie season, he showed glimpses of, of true potential, and I was super pumped and ready for him to tear it up this year. And tear, I probably shouldn't have used that term. Uh, but unfortunately, he did tear his ACL um, early on, first day of practice. Or actually, it was the end of practice on the first day. But he is done for the season. And it's really unfortunate because, like I said, a lot of people were looking forward to him playing, him giving his chance, putting that pressure on the on the offense and, and really showing what he can do. But unfortunately, we'll have to wait another year. And hopefully, this doesn't define him. It doesn't end his career. He's not labeled as... Injury prone. Hopefully, he can get over that and have a couple healthy years for us going forward next year. Speaking of healthy people, um, Kenny Stills and Dylan Cole both passed their physicals earlier this week and have been activated to the roster. You know, they were they weren't on the roster right away due to like ramping up. As Bill O'Brien puts it, all the players are kind of on their different schedules. But they are officially been activated and practicing and looking really good. So I'm super pumped up about that. Uh, I'm big on Kenny Stills, if you, if you can't tell. And I was so happy when we got Dylan Cole last year. You know, uns- or not last year, the year before. Um, but undrafted, you know, just a beast. When, when I found out he was coming to camp that first year, I was so excited. I thought for sure he should have been drafted. Uh, so I'm a big fan of his. Um, Kahali wearing. He was out with a hamstring soreness. Uh, him and Colin Gillespie were both having hamstring issues, and Kahali is is back on the field, uh, practicing and, and looking looking good. Um, Gillespie, however, is not. You know he's still in shorts and a t-shirt out there um, tending to his sore hammy. It's not pulled or torn or anything like that. He's just you know ramping up getting, getting back into it and should be, should be a go for, uh, for week one. You know, and, in a couple notes, I recommend, uh, going and checking out the after practice, you know, interviews with the coaches and stuff, you know, O'Brien, Tim Kelly, Anthony Weaver, you know, these guys are going out there and they're, they're talking to you guys, talking about practices, players, You've had Bill O'Brien uh, praising players, you know, around talking about why he signed the three guys to special teams Kahimi um, Fairbairn, John Weeks, uh, and the punter Angler. You know that they're they're key pieces to this team. You know they've won games for us. They've helped us. They're they're there in the locker room and on the field. And you get an inside look as to kind of what he's thinking. And you know he's he's been saying a lot of good things about Kiki QT, which if you paid attention last year, he didn't talk about him as much because, well, most of us know he was in the doghouse. And this year he's he's come out with a new purpose, you know, he, whether it's because he's learning from Randall Cobb in that position, or he just realized I need to get my crap together or I'm not going to make it. But he's looking good. He's running the right routes, running the right plays. He's looking good on punt returns, which I think would be awesome you know get him out there returning kicks like he used to and it's uh, a potential for some success there and then like Anthony Weaver he's been you know praising his defense was real happy Dylan Cole was out there had a lot of really nice things to say about Eric Murray you know as of right now Eric Murray is going to be your starting safety alongside Justin Reed and the things he's saying and what I've seen from practices so far he looks good so I'm getting a little excited about it. You know, I was a little unsure beforehand when they brought him in with the contract and all of that. But the more and more time goes on, and this is probably more just a fan in me and and wanting to be a positive thinker on this. But I'm getting excited. You know, hopefully he comes in and, you know, coaches know what they're doing and we have some success with it. But. Like I said, I recommend you guys go, go to the Houston Texans website. Listen to all these interviews with the players, with the coaches. It's a lot of fun. You get some inside information, uh, some viewpoints and, and thoughts you might not have thought before. But that's pretty much going to wrap it up for today's episode. You know, like I said, I wanted it to be a shorter one, uh, nice, and, nice and sweet, just the news of what's going on. Uh, next week, I'm supposed to be in Las Vegas. So we're going to have some fun and do a gambling episode. So I look forward to that. Uh, hopefully put some money down and make some money, you know, going forward. I'll have to keep you updated on that one for sure. But like I said, that's it for this one. Uh, go out there, subscribe, rate and review, you know, the, give it, give us five stars. You give me five stars and it Bumps me up the boards. More people see it. More people hear about it. More people listen. Go share with your friends and family. You know, let's get this thing out there. Let's get this going. I'm over 800 downloads f- since the beginning so far. That is amazing, guys. Thank you. I could not do that without you guys listening. So thank you so much for that. As for the rest of the row Network, you know, we're filling in teams, but we still have teams available uh, that need hosts, you know. So if you know some people out there that whether they have podcast experience or not, I certainly didn't have any podcast experience prior to this. But it's still a blast. And and the guys that we're working with are amazing. You know, it's a fun group. We we joke and laugh all the time, and everyone is willing to help and give their input. So it's fun. So if you know somebody out there, point them my way. You know, they can talk to me at backrow texans on twitter instagram uh or you can reach out to jeremy barker he's the host of the back uh back Row dolphin show the Back Row fantasy show and several other podcasts as well uh, but reach out to us let's get you on here let's get you going and have some fun with us stay safe out there be smart wear your mask and don't forget most of all go texans